chapter one section two of the bohemians of the latin quarter by henri murger translated by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter one how the bohemian club was formed section two at this very moment the young man's porter returning on his second trip entered the court among the articles with which his truck was loaded an easel occupied a conspicuous position sir sir shrieked old durand pointing out the easel to his landlord it's a painter i was sure he was an artist exclaimed the landlord in his turn the hair of his wig standing up in a fright a painter and you never inquired after this person he continued to his porter you didn't know what he did he gave me five francs answered the poor fellow how could i suspect when you have finished put in the stranger sir replied m bernard mounting his spectacles with great decision since you have no furniture you can't come in the law authorizes me to refuse a tenant who brings no security and my word then your word is not furniture you must go somewhere else durant will give you back your earnest money oh dear exclaimed the porter in consternation i put it in the savings bank but consider sir objected the young man i can't find another lodging in a moment at least grant me hospitality for a day go to a hotel replied m bernard by the way added he struck with a sudden idea if you like i can let you a furnished room the one you were to occupy which has the furniture of my defaulting tenant in it only you know that when rooms are let this way you pay in advance well said the artist finding he could do no better i should like to know what you are going to ask me for your whole it is a very comfortable lodging and the rent will be twenty-five francs a month considering the circumstances paid in advance you have said that already the expression does not deserve being repeated said the young man feeling in his pocket have you changed for five hundred francs i beg your pardon quoth the astonished landlord five hundred half a thousand did you never see one before continued the artist shaking the bank-note in the faces of the landlord and porter who fairly lost their balance at the sight oh, you shall have it in a moment sir said the now respectful owner of the house there will only be twenty francs to take out for durand will return your deposit you may keep it replied the artist on condition of coming every morning to tell me the day of the week and month the quarter of the moon the weather it is going to be and the form of government we are under old durand described an angle of ninety degrees forward yes my good fellow you shall serve me for almanac meanwhile help my porter to bring the things in i shall send you your receipt immediately said the landlord and that very night the painter marcel was installed in the lodging of the fugitive schaunard during this time the aforesaid schaunard was beating his roll-call as he styled it through the city schaunard had carried the art of borrowing to the perfection of a science foreseeing the possible necessity of having to spoil the foreigners he had learned how to ask for five francs in every language of the world he had thoroughly studied all the stratagems which specie employs to escape those who are hunting for it and knew better than a pilot knows the hours of the tide at what periods it was high or low water that is to say on what days his friends and acquaintances were accustomed to be in funds accordingly there were houses where his appearance of a morning made people say not here is m schaunard but this is the first or the fifteenth to facilitate 
and at the same time equalize this species of tax which he was going to levy when compelled by necessity from those who were able to pay it to him schaunard had drawn up by districts and streets an alphabetical table containing the names of all his acquaintances opposite each name was inscribed the maximum of the sum which the party's finances authorized the artist to borrow of him the time when he was flush and his dinner hour as well as his usual bill of fare beside this table he kept a book in perfect order on which he entered the sums lent him down to the smallest fraction for he would never burden himself beyond a certain amount which was within the fortune of a country relative whose heir apparent he was as soon as he owed one person twenty francs he closed the account and paid him off even if obliged to borrow for the purpose of those to whom he owed less in this way he always kept up a certain credit which he called his floating debt and as people knew that he was accustomed to repay as soon as his means permitted him those who could accommodate him were very ready to do so but on the present occasion from eleven in the morning when he had started to try and collect the seventy-five francs requisite up to six in the afternoon he had only raised three francs contributed by three letters m v and r of his famous list all the rest of the alphabet having like himself their quarter to pay had adjourned his claim indefinitely the clock of his stomach sounded the dinner hour he was then at the main barrier where letter u lived schaunard mounted to letter u's room where he had a knife and fork when there were such articles on the premises where are you going sir asked the porter stopping him before he had completed his ascent to monsieur u replied the artist he's out and madame out too they told me to say to a friend who was coming to see them this evening that they were gone out to dine in fact if you are the gentleman they expected this is the address they left it was a scrap of paper on which his friend u had written we are gone to dine with schaunard number blank rue de blank come for us there well said he going away accident does make queer farces sometimes then remembering that there was a little tavern near by where he had more than once procured a meal at a not unreasonable rate he directed his steps to this establishment situated in the adjoining road and known among the lowest class of artistdom as mother cadet's it is a drinking-house which is also an eating-house and its ordinary customers are carters of the orleans railway singing ladies of montparnasse and juvenile leads from the bobino theatre during the warm season the students of the numerous painters studios which border on the luxembourg the unappreciated and unedited men of the letters the writers of leaders in mysterious newspapers throng to dine at mother cadet's which is famous for its rabbit stew its veritable sauerkraut and a mild white wine which smacks of flint schaunard sat down in the grove for so at mother cadet's they called the scattered foliage of two or three rickety trees whose sickly boughs had been trained into a sort of arbour hang the expense said schaunard to himself i have to have a good blow-out a regular belthazar's feast in private life and without more ado he ordered a bowl of soup half a plate of sauerkraut and two half stews having observed that you get more for two halves than one whole one this extensive order attracted the attention of a young person in white with a headdress of orange flowers and ball shoes a veil of sham imitation lace streamed down her shoulders which she had no special reason to be proud of she was a prima donna of the montparnasse theatre 
the green room of which opens into mother cadet's kitchen she had come to take a meal between two acts of lucia and was at that moment finishing with a small cup of coffee her dinner composed exclusively of an artichoke seasoned with oil and vinegar two stews deuce take it said she in an aside to the girl who acted as waiter at the establishment that young man feeds himself well how much do i owe adele artichoke four coffee four bread one that makes nine sous there they are said the singer and off she went humming this affection heaven has given why is she giving us the law exclaimed the mysterious personage half hidden behind a rampart of old books who was seated at the same table with schaunard giving it replied the other keeping it i should say just imagine he added pointing to the vinegar on the plate from which lucia had been eating her artichoke pickling that falsetto of hers it is a strong acid to be sure added the personage who had first spoken they make some at orleans which has deservedly a great reputation schaunard carefully examined this individual who was thus fishing for a conversation with him the fixed stare of his large blue eyes which always seemed looking for something gave his features the character of happy tranquillity which is common among theological students his face had a uniform tint of old ivory except his cheeks which had a coat as it were of brick dust his mouth seemed to have been sketched by a student in the rudiments of drawing whose elbow had been jogged while he was tracing it his lips which pouted almost like a negro's disclosed teeth not unlike a staghound's and his double chin reposed itself upon a white cravat one of whose points threatened the stars while the other was ready to pierce the ground a torrent of light hair escaped from under the enormous brim of his well-worn felt hat he wore a hazel-coloured overcoat with a large cape worn threadbare and rough as a grater from its yawning pockets peeped bundles of manuscripts and pamphlets the enjoyment of his sauerkraut which he devoured with numerous and audible marks of approbation rendered him heedless of the scrutiny to which he was subjected but did not prevent him from continuing to read an open book open before him in which he made marginal notes from time to time with a pencil that he carried behind his ear hello cried schaunard suddenly making his glass ring with his knife my stew sir said the girl running up plate in hand there is none left here is the last and this gentleman has ordered it therewith she deposited the dish before the man with the books the deuce cried schaunard there was such an air of melancholy disappointment in his ejaculation that the possessor of the books was moved to the soul by it he broke down the pile of old works which formed a barrier between him and schaunard and putting the dish in the centre of the table said in his sweetest tones might i be so bold as to beg you sir to share this with me sir replied the artist i could not think of depriving you of it then will you deprive me of the pleasure of being agreeable to you if you insist sir and schaunard held out his plate permit me not to give you the head said the stranger really sir i cannot allow you schaunard began but on taking back his plate he perceived that the other had given him the very piece which he implied he would keep for himself what is he playing off his politeness on me for he muttered to himself if the head is the most noble part of man said the stranger it is the least agreeable part of the rabbit there are many persons who cannot bear it i happen to like it very much however if so said schaunard i regret exceedingly that you robbed yourself for me how oh, excuse me quoth he of the books 
i kept the head as i had the honour of observing to you allow me rejoined schaunard thrusting his plate under his nose what part do you call that good heavens cried the stranger what do i see another head it is a bicephalous rabbit by what said schaunard cephalus comes from the greek in fact buffon who used to wear ruffles cites some cases of this monstrosity on the whole i am not sorry to have eaten a phenomenon thanks to this incident the conversation was definitely established schaunard not willing to be behindhand in courtesy called for an extra quart of wine the hero of the books called for a third schaunard treated to salad the other to dessert at eight o'clock there were six empty bottles on the table as they talked their natural frankness assisted by their libations had urged them to interchange biographies and they knew each other as well as if they had always lived together he of the books after hearing the confidential disclosures of schaunard had informed him that his name was gustave colline he was a philosopher by profession and got his living by giving lessons in rhetoric mathematics and several other icks what little money he picked up by his profession was spent in buying books his hazel-coloured coat was known to all the stall-keepers on the quay from the pont de la concorde to the pont st michel what he did with these books so numerous that no man's lifetime would have been long enough to read them nobody knew least of all himself but this hobby of his amounted to monomania when he came home at night without bringing a musty quarto with him he would repeat the saying of titus i have lost a day his enticing manners his language which was a mosaic of every possible style and the fearful puns which embellished his conversation completely won schaunard who demanded on the spot permission of colline to add his name to those on the famous list already mentioned they left mother cadet's at nine o'clock at night both fairly primed and with the gait of men who have been engaged in close conversation with sundry bottles colline offered to stand coffee and schaunard accepted on condition that he should be allowed to pay for the accompanying nips of liquor they turned into a cafe in the rue saint germain luxerois and bearing on its sign the name of momus god of play and pleasure at the moment they entered a lively argument broke out between two of the frequenters of the place one of them was a young fellow whose face was hidden by a dense thicket of beard of several distinct shades by way of a balance to this wealth of hair on his chin a precocious baldness had despoiled his forehead which was as bare as a billiard ball he vainly strove to conceal the nakedness of the land by brushing forward a tuft of hairs so scanty that they could almost be counted he wore a black coat worn at the elbows and revealing whenever he raised his arms too high a ventilator under the armpits his trousers might have once been black but his boots which had never been new seemed to have already gone round the world two or three times on the feet of the wandering jew schaunard noticed that his new friend colline and the young fellow with the big beard nodded to one another you know the gentleman said he to the philosopher not exactly replied the latter but i meet him sometimes at the national library i believe that he is a literary man he wears the garb of one at any rate said schaunard the individual with whom this young fellow was arguing was a man of forty foredoomed by a big head wedged between his shoulders without any break in the shape of a neck to the thunderstroke of apoplexy idiocy was written in capital letters on his low forehead surmounted by a little black skull-cap his name was m mouton 
and he was a clerk at the town hall of the fourth arrondissement where he acted as registrar of deaths monsieur rodolphe exclaimed he in the squeaky tones of a eunuch shaking the young fellow by a button of his coat which he had laid hold of do you want to know my opinion well all your newspapers are of no use whatsoever come now let us put a suppositious case i am the father of a family am i not good i go to the cafe for a game at dominoes follow my argument now go on said rodolphe well continued daddy mouton punctuating each of his sentences by a blow with his fist which made the jugs and glasses on the table rattle again well i come across the papers what do i see one which says black when the other says white and so on and so on what is all that to me i am the father of a family who goes to the cafe for a game at dominoes said rodolphe every evening continued m mouton well to put a case you understand exactly observed rodolphe i read an article which is not according to my views that puts me in a rage and i fret my heart out because you see monsieur rodolphe newspapers are all lies yes lies he screeched in his shrillest falsetto and the journalists are robbers but monsieur mouton yes brigands continued the clerk they are the cause of all our misfortunes they brought about the revolution and its paper money witness marat excuse me said rodolphe you mean marat no resumed monsieur mouton murat for i saw his funeral when i was quite a child but i assure you they even brought you a piece at the circus about him so there exactly said rodolphe that was murat well what else have i been saying for an hour past exclaimed the obstinate mouton murat who used to work in a cellar eh well to put a case were not the bourbons right to guillotine him since he had played the traitor guillotine who play the traitor to whom cried rodolphe buttonholing m mouton in turn why marat no no m mouton murat let us understand one another hang it all precisely marat a scoundrel he betrayed the emperor in eighteen fifteen that is why i say all the papers are alike continued m mouton returning to the original theme of what he called an explanation you know what i should like monsieur rodolphe well to put a case i should like a good paper ah not too large and not stuffed with phrases you are exacting interrupted rodolphe a newspaper without phrases yes certainly follow my idea i am trying to a paper which should simply give the state of the king's health and of the crops for after all what is the use of all your papers that no one can understand to put a case i am at the town hall am i not i keep my books very good well it is just as if someone came to me and said monsieur mouton you enter the deaths well do this do that what do you mean by this and that well it is the same thing with newspapers he wound up with evidently said a neighbour who had understood and monsieur mouton having received the congratulations of some of the other frequenters of the cafe who shared his opinion resumed his game at dominoes i have taught him his place said he indicating rodolphe who had returned to the same table at which schaunard and colline were seated what a blockhead said rodolphe to the two young fellows he has a fine head with his eyelids like the hood of a cabriolet and his eyes like glass marbles said schaunard pulling out a wonderfully coloured pipe by jupiter sir said rodolphe that is a very pretty pipe of yours oh i have a much finer one i wear in society replied schaunard carelessly pass me some tobacco colline hello said the philosopher i have none left allow me to offer you some observed rodolphe pulling a packet of tobacco out of his pocket and placing it on the table 
to this civility colline thought it his duty to respond by an offer of glasses round rodolphe accepted the conversation turned on literature rodolphe questioned as to the profession already revealed by his garb confessed his relation with the muses and stood a second round of drinks as the waiter was going off with the bottle schaunard requested him to be good enough to forget it he had heard the silvery tinkle of a couple of five-franc pieces in one of colline's pockets rodolphe had soon reached the same level of expansiveness as the two friends and poured out his confidences in turn End of chapter one section two recording by expatriate in bangor maine